Welcome to the Association Advisor Podcast. We're glad you've joined us for a conversation around best practices and leadership strategies for association professionals. I'm Katie Brown. And I'm Kelly Clark. Today's podcast is a little different from our usual. This is a snack-sized episode featuring Emily Hendershot, an operations strategist who works with associations and other community organizations to help them maximize their impact and thrive in ever-evolving industries. She's speaking at the upcoming Digital Summit at Home this April. Digital Summit at Home is a virtual conference for digital marketers, and their April event is focused on meeting the marketing needs of associations, nonprofits, and community organizations. Emily loves building strong, collaborative relationships with organizations to strategize efforts and optimize operations. Her successful history in creating and executing strategic initiatives has driven growth for global associations with membership targets from 200 to more than 125,000 people. She spoke with us about focusing on member management optimization as a way of relieving your association staff of the burden of undesirable or time-consuming tasks that don't improve your membership experience. More than just increasing efficiency or productivity, optimizing your membership management means to make the best or most effective use of the time and resources you have. Optimized operations lead to happier staff and members. Focusing on the operations that really matter can also help your association fulfill your mission better. Emily will share a lot more during April's Digital Summit event, which you can sign up for online at digitalsummit.com. Digital Summit is three days of interactive, exciting sessions about everything marketing, including content, lead generation, branding, email, social, video, and more. You can attend from the comfort of your home, office, your favorite coffee shop, or anywhere that you have an internet connection. Digital Summit speakers are live and excited about helping attendees like you learn more about your profession. You can get your pass at digitalsummit.com. But now let's dive into our conversation with Emily. Welcome, Emily, to the Association Advisor podcast. We're happy to have you today. Thanks so much for having me. Glad to be here. Let's jump right in. You love talking about operations, but what is so important about this topic to associations and nonprofits in particular? Well, it was really interesting listening to this podcast recently with Tom Morrison and Dave, and they had this great question that they asked about when you go into the office each day, and I guess in this case, a virtual office, what are the roadblocks or obstacles that you experience? He asked where there's friction or anxiety and stress in your business model, and I think that this is the exact reason why optimizing operations is so important. Operations management is a fundamental part of the success of any organization. And so when we're thinking about it, typically we think about administration. And in this case, for operations, it's really more about that member experience. How is that different from increasing productivity or efficiency? I love that you asked this question because optimize is a word that I love. So to optimize is to make best or the most effective use of. And um, best is the key word we're going for here. So when we think about productivity or efficiency, productivity is really getting more out of the same amount of time. Whereas efficiency is getting more output for less input. So for both, it's about resource utilization. In the association and nonprofit world, that is 
things like our volunteer time, our staff time, our, our money, cash reserves, budgets, right? Um, but it's really about being more efficient and how that is more important than being more productive. Again, productivity being getting more out of the same amount of time. So when we talk about optimizing operations, we're trying to be as efficient as possible and we're trying to do things in the most effective and best way. This doesn't always happen for us. Typically in uh, associations and nonprofits, we are being asked to do more and more and more with the same amount. And so in order to have a really good member experience, in order to make sure that we're really engaging with our stakeholders, it's all about slowing down for a second and asking a couple of key questions. The three that I love the most are what's being done, what should be done, and how can we make it better? That's what optimizing operations is all about. Okay. I like that. I especially like that you gave us the difference between optimizing productivity, efficiency, because you hear those words float around so much. You hear streamline and all of the different kind of like buzzwords. So, but how about this? What does member engagement have to do with optimizing our operations? So from the association's point of view, what does that mean? Yeah, a lot of the associations I've spoke to recently are feeling this pressure right now. And the pressure is to be as innovative as a startup, right? Our business model is old. Let's get a new one. Um, our user experience, you know, our website's old. Our user experience isn't as easy as some of the apps that are out there. And so the question becomes, how can we implement new initiatives when um, the foundation feels kind of like out of whack, if you will? Um, it used to be that corporations would focus on that like product, right? So Coca-Cola would sell Coca-Cola. <laughs> and now it's more about experience. So as you're, you're thinking about customer experience. And so it's the same for associations. We in the past have looked at member benefits. Now people are talking more and more about member value. And really what it comes down to is that member experience. We have to stay competitive. So in order to think about that member engagement, you're thinking about customer service, you're thinking about member benefits, but it's really about those unique experiences. How are we delivering that service to our members? And how are we thinking about the entire life cycle? Uh, but don't forget, you also have to personalize it because that's what we want now as well. Yeah. Well, and there's only so much money to go around. There's only yeah. so much attention and bandwidth. And I know a conversation Kelly and I have a lot with our guests revolves around this idea of this generational shift within the association yeah. space to millennials and, and things like that. And we don't have to beat that dead horse, but I do think <laughs> that so much of this plays into that too, because it's just, it's a different way of, of engaging members to your point. Everyone, this generation is experience based. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, we pay $12 for a slice of avocado toast. Like <laughs> my mother would never dream of doing that, you know? Right? So I think but you're sometimes you get to, But sometimes you get to eat that avocado toast on a nice sunny patio. Yeah. So again, it's, it's not so much the toast itself. It's the experience, the whole experience of eating the toast. No doubt. Yeah. So sorry for the sharp, right. But I, I think you're spot no. on here and, and the experience now really is everything. And how do you drive that home in the world we live in today with information overload? And now we're all isolated in our houses and it's mm -hmm. a lot for associations for sure. Yeah. And it really becomes, how do we make it as easy as possible for members, potential members, even just customers, right, who are maybe purchasing something from us, how do we make it as easy as possible for those people to do business with us? 
And when, when you were talking, Katie, I was thinking about there's a comedian who has a short video out there right now. And it's about how he was willing to pay $18 for like a Slurpee from 7-Eleven, but it was because like Uber Eats delivered it, right? So that experience <laughs> of having it like delivered at your door and not having to do anything. So that's really hard for us in associations because budgets are limited. We're being asked to do more and more and more, sometimes without more budget. Um, and so how do we fit all those things in? And how do we make sure that things feel streamlined while being able to take that on? It's, it's very hard to do. So what steps do you recommend first when you're looking at this big problem of improving the experience, but not going over budget, not burning out your staff? What do you do first? So have either of you watched the home edits with Clea and jo Joanna? Yes. Okay, so the Home Edit is a home organization company, and they have a pretty big Instagram following, and they have a show now on Netflix, which is wonderful. <laughs> yeah, but they have a framework, right? Their framework is to edit, categorize, and contain. And so when we're thinking about organizations, there's also a framework we need to consider when we're thinking about these member experiences, when we're thinking about operations. And that, to me, is systemize, automate, delegate, and there's this like side of eliminate. <laughs> and so let me touch on all four briefly. When we think about systemization, it's all about, do you have a process in place to deliver a consistent experience or result to your membership? For most of us, we'd say, yeah, we have someone on the front lines who, who's answering our customer service emails. It's the same person, so it must be the same experience, right? But it's really, um, it's really not about that. It's about creating that membership life cycle and being able to support that in, in a different way. The second is automate. And so one thing I like to consider here is how do we do less and let the systems do more. And this is through using something like maybe Zapier, which is a great tool some people use. Um, it's about trying to figure out how to use the tools that we have. And if we don't have the budget for more tools, uh, figure out how to kind of do less within the process. And the whole point of that is if we automate our experiences, that means that our staff and volunteers are able to focus their time on other high touch um, interactions with members and prospects. And that's really what we want people to focus on. And then just two more. Next is delegate. So what can you hand off? As association professionals, there is so much that we're doing. And I'm not just talking about a task. I'm talking about full ownership of something. And then finally, eliminate. We're all doing too much. What can we stop doing immediately? And that doesn't have to be permanent. That can be, um, you know, pausing something for a short time to, to see if it makes an impact. Um, but with all of the legacy programs we have, the extra things we may have added because of um, the, the current climate with COVID, what are things that we can just eliminate or stop doing? So systemize, automate, delegate, eliminate. I know that eliminates number four, but I do think it's so important especially we live in this world where if we buy something, especially in the workplace, if you invest budget dollars into it, sometimes we have that sunk cost fallacy where it's like, yeah. no, I've got to double down on this because we paid for it. And it's like, yeah. if it's not working, if it's not providing the value, like cut it loose. And I'm guilty of this myself. So I'm, I'm speaking from personal experience, here, but <laughs> it's, it's definitely, I know you said it's kind of the side one, but I think, especially now when time is of such essence, um, mm -hmm. I think that's a big one. Yeah, I agree. I think that's a huge mental obstacle that a lot of people stumble over. 
and I'm guilty of it too, just like you, Katie. But I, when I feel start feeling the way, I try to remember, I think it was Thomas Edison who said this, or at least this quote attributed to him, that when he was trying to invent the light bulb and kept failing at it, people would say like, oh, you, you failed again. And he would say, no, I just discovered another way not to make a light bulb. Yes. yes. He, he recognized that, yes, he spent time and effort trying to create this new invention, but he was still making progress in that he was discovering a way that definitely did not work and he knew it was time to move on. So in a sense, yeah. it's not a waste. Yeah, I love that. So many times we have legacy programs because someone on our board, you know, was a big advocate for it. But those are the things that we need to spend as little time as possible on if it's not contributing directly to our mission, if it doesn't tie back directly to our strategic plan. We need to give ourselves permission to say this isn't serving our membership and it's time to cut it loose. Now, sometimes it, that doesn't have to be a permanent change. So maybe you want to eliminate something for a short time and you realize, okay, actually it is valuable. People do miss it. Eliminating something doesn't have to be a permanent thing. We can always bring it back if we find um, it. we're missing it. In many associations and nonprofits, people are wearing multiple hats. They're taking on multiple roles. They're just busy. There's a lot being asked of association professionals, the executives and staff at the staff level. How do we make time for adopting a system like this? How do we make time for cleaning up what our association is doing and really focusing on improving that member experience? This is a hard question and my recommendation is to just start small. So find something that you can do from the four areas and start with that. My recommendation would be for anyone listening right now, take out a piece of paper um, or electronically if you prefer and write out your to-do list. Figure out the things that only you can do from that list and circle them. So you're, you're looking through, you're being really dil diligent. What are the things that I have the experience to do? What are the things that, um, you know, I need to have the touch points with, with either member or board or volunteers? Circle only those things. And then the rest, we want to figure out how to systemize, automate, delegate, or eliminate. So these can be big projects. They can be small tasks. Um, but that would be one small way to start. Another would be to ask yourself a couple of questions, figure out where your biggest pain points are and start with that. So maybe you think about what's your number one pain point for your members right now. Maybe you think about staff, what's their biggest pain point right now. Think about the things that feel messy or broken or that just take up too much staff time. Like, you know, there has to be a better way. So you just have to take a quick pause to, to, to review that. And so with, with staff, what I find is that if you can systemize a little bit, and, and when I say systemize, I just want to be clear, I'm not talking about writing a process document. I'm talking about creating a process map so people know which piece of the, of the puzzle they own. Because we find when a focus team has ownership in that, and when they're part of delivering those results, they are really interested in well, they kind of change their behavior. So it goes from who created an error to like, how can the process be changed to prevent the error? And so when you're adding them in your process, um, you're able to, to get that ownership and get people more invested. So I would, I would think about those types of questions about what feels messy, what feels broken, what obstacles exist and, and fix just that one part. Because once you have that success, you'll be able to see a bigger picture and be able to build on that. I love that. I think that's great. So as you're talking through this, the thing that's running through my mind is this is not a project that you go it alone on. 
So, right. you know, this requires buy-in at an asso- like an entire staff level. So if you're an executive director and you're listening, you can probably circle the wagons and kind of, dele- to your point, delegate out some of this optimization. But what if you're a membership marketing manager? How do you get that buy-in? How do you get everyone on board to start moving towards this direction? And I like your idea of starting small but people also get really set in their ways. How do you overcome those obstacles to get people to kind of rally around trying to optimize at every level? Yeah. If you are a team that has set a team culture of some kind and you don't have the word like efficiency or being more efficient or um, that type of collaboration, that might be a a place to start is to to ask the team, you know, if things feel messy, broken, you know, can we commit as a team to being more efficient when something's broken? Can we commit to right away fixing that problem? Um, to your point, if you're maybe a membership or marketing manager and um, uh, you serve like a smaller piece of the overall puzzle, one thing would be to just start with your team. Because once people see how you're interacting, that you're relying on each other because everyone is really clear on what they own and they've found ways to get things done quicker, um, there's just a weight that's lifted. Because then when you come to work, you know the next right step. And so I think that would be a great place to start. That's great um, feedback. Yeah. The one question I had is, it sounds like you could also start this process at any step. doesn't seem, you described it, you Mm -hmm. started with systemize, but it sounds like you can enter the process at any point, kind of to your point of, to make it feel less overwhelming, just start where you can, start small. Is that the case? Yeah, it really is. And I think any of these places you can start, it's it's thinking about what's going to have the biggest impact on your time. Because an example of this, when we think about delegate, Everyone says this, oh, well, it will take too much time to teach someone else how to do this. You know, it'll take too much time to to, to pause. I, if, if I could just do it quickly, it'll be done. And that's true. But if you can teach someone one time, then they can do it forever. And now maybe it's 30 minutes a week or an hour a week. Now that time is free to focus on the more important tasks that really drive the mission. So you can start anywhere. Some people like to start with eliminate because then you don't have to figure out how to systemize it. <laughs> but, uh, but there's no there's no wrong answer. And that's kind of the beauty of this is that we know that operations are not simply administration. We know that by creating these efficiencies, we have more time for those higher touch interactions. And that's really what we want our staff and volunteers to be able to focus on. Thank you so much for appearing with us today. We've really enjoyed this short, but I think impactful conversation about operations. Your session is going to happen on day one of Digital Summit at Home in April. So that's April 28th, and you're speaking at 3.10 p.m. Eastern. So if you're listening, be sure to put Emily's session on your schedule. It's called Optimizing Operations to Increase Member Engagement. And if you've enjoyed what you've heard here, I'm sure Emily will be sharing some much more detailed and much more impactful information then. So thanks so much for joining us today. Thanks Good for luck. having me. Much appreciated. Have a blast. I appreciate Emily's simple framework for optimizing. Systemize, automate, delegate with a side of eliminate. You don't need to double down on programs or tech that doesn't work for you. Spend as little time as possible on activities that don't serve your membership and don't contribute to achieving your mission. And you could eliminate something for a short time, too. You can always bring a program back if your members miss it. Exactly. And when starting to optimize, start small. Take out a piece of paper 
or open file on your notes app and write out your to-do list. Circle the things you can do now. Commit to optimizing and start reaping the benefits of a better team culture and more streamlined operations. She offered such great advice. If you want to hear Emily speak at Digital Summit, visit digitalsummit.com to learn more about the April event and to register. I'm registered, and I can't wait to hear from the incredible lineup of association and marketing experts. They're going to host author Priya Parker, Rob Lee of ASAE, MZ Goodman from Charity Water, Aaron Wallowek of Event Guard, and many more. It's going to be an impactful, interactive conference, and I'm excited to join thousands of fellow marketers online. Me too. That website again is digitalsummit.com. If you register early, you can save. You do not want to miss this. And thank you for tuning in to the Association Advisor Podcast. Until next time.